0: you are tuned into our worship service at Friendship Baptist Church in Montalvo, Texas. We believe God desires to meet you right now in the hearing of his word. We are a small town church, but we're seeing a big size God and we are excited for you to be a part of it today.
1: also the financial support that y'all give us to go to camp, and I thank y'all so much for that, Amen. because the the best way that I can put church camp is to say that in spiritual warfare, church camp is D-Day. Right? <laughs> it is. Uh, I don't think Eisenhower put quite as much planning into it, but uh, church camp is D-Day and, and our kids, yeah, they're fighting spiritual battles left and right that we took. 35 campers to youth. I had one that couldn't come last minute, uh, but 35 campers to youth. To, I mean to 35 campers to youth camp, and every one of them is fighting a spiritual battle uh, inside, and they're fighting hard, guys. So y'all pray for them, come alongside them, uh, be there for them. Uh, but thank you so much for your support and sending us. We had had a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, with a lot, with all 35 kids really drawing closer to God through that. Uh, also, we also had eight adults that got zero sleep, so y'all pray for them as well. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. Uh, y'all bow with me as we pray. Father God, I'm just so grateful uh, for this church, this, this body of believers you've gathered together, Lord, and the way they support. Uh, the young people, Lord, the way they seek to grow your kingdom through that. So, God, I just pray that you continue to work uh, in those lives, Lord, that uh, that you will show us how to partner uh, with these youth who are, who are battling they are battling spiritually every day. So God, just give us the strength, give us the discernment to come alongside them and do that, God. I thank you so much for the week you've given us uh, and even the exhaustion uh, that comes with that, God. I thank you Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Sure.
3: Him to the fullest extent possible, with all of eternity to respond. Jesus is deserving of all glory, adoration, and worship. Amen. Jesus is the slain Lamb who pays the penalty for our redemption. We praise the resurrected God, and we know that He rules all over heaven and earth. In response, we glorify and magnify His name, worshiping Him forever. Let's continue to worship as we go to the Lord in prayer. We bow your heads, we thank you for allowing us to worship freely. Thank you for sending your son to take the punishment that we deserved. Jesus, I pray you help us to be bold and worship you even though the world will try to rebuke and silence us. I pray that you soften hearts during this time of worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, if there's anyone here just to fill a seat or marking church off their checklist, that you would convict them and allow the Holy Spirit to move through them during this time. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.
0: to Friendship Baptist Church. We are so excited that you've decided to join us in our worship service this morning. Whether you're here in person or online, we are so grateful for your presence, that you would come together
1: with your fellow congregation and grow closer in Christ. Let's get right into the announcements.
4: Join us on Sunday nights. On Sunday nights, we have two focuses, find His presence and stay there. Come join us in these special services as we seek the Lord together. Join us on Wednesday nights. Write down any questions that you may have as you read through our Bible reading plan. What a great blessing to grow in the Lord and with other believers. July 30th is our family Sunday and church will be followed by a talent show. We will have a meal and a talent show following the service. Please email or text Jacqueline if you would like to participate in the talent show. Grief Share is currently meeting on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. We have seen so much healing and growth through this ministry. We would love for you to join us in this season. Please feel free to invite others as well who you think would be blessed by this class. Summer midweek service updates for Disciples Fire. May 31st through August 9th, we will pause our midweek meals for the summer. We will have a nursery for three year olds and younger. Four year olds through fifth grade will remain in the sanctuary with the adults and we'll have something at the kids table. Youth will continue to meet through the summer. August 5th is the EQUIP conference, training and serving the local church. Mark this down whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a volunteer, deacon, or looking for other places to serve. This will be a great conference from 8.45 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Houston. August 13th will be Move Up Sunday for our kids and Sunday school classes. August 13th is Family Celebration Sunday. We are looking forward to celebrating the milestone of our families from young to old. August 3rd is our back-to-school bash for Cayuga ISD, which is pre-K through 12th, and it's from 530 to 8 p.m. Come help us serve our community at our back-to-school bash at Cayuga Cafeteria. We will be giving out school supplies with free hot dogs and snow cones. Contact Amanda Bennett. Okay. This song. Always
5: makes. I can sing this song anytime in my valley, in my mount. I always feel presence. the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Mary, is the same then as He is now. So when you're singing this song, think about what God has done for you. Let it let it overwhelm you as you think about how faithful he's been. And if you're feeling like you can't feel God right now in your circumstance, let me encourage you to hold on. To empty yourself out. Let the Holy Spirit take over. And remember, God cares enough for you to remain faithful to every promise. Whether you believe it or not, he promises to remain the same. In Malachi 3 6, he says, I, the Lord, do not change.
0: Father God we're so grateful Lord Jesus you are the rock of ages God Lord you have been faithful through every age Lord before the foundations of the earth were ever put in place God you were faithful and long after when the new heaven and new earth are established you will remain faithful and God somehow in this glimpse in this brevity of life that we experience Lord in this but a vapor as you call it Lord Lord, you allow us to experience the same God. And so, Lord Jesus, as we're going through Exodus and we're hearing about you splitting the Red Sea and plaguing the Egyptians and and delivering your people, Lord, Lord, as we will continue to read and we continue to see the manna you provided and the water from the stone and all the things you do, Lord, as we see Jesus come from heaven to earth, Lord, and live a perfect sinless life, so that he could be our substitute and be placed on a cross where he would die and trade his righteousness for our sinfulness for the wrath of God to be placed on him and not us God you are that same God and Lord we just confessed corporately as we sung oh God how I need you and so Lord if we need you and we're here and we're crying out for you in all sincerity Lord I believe in the bottom of my heart Lord Lord, that you'll be faithful. So God, show your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All right, Amen, amen I love the story, the Exodus story We're walking through Exodus And what you just heard, even though in brief Was an Exodus story God took her and delivered her He delivered her um, from the circumstances she was in But more so, delivered her heart to Him And that's the blessing of walking um, with God And what He can do, the restoration, reconciliation The Exodus story And the truth is, as I desire And I believe um, God is going to give us More and more Exodus stories in our church More and more um, stories of redemption Redemption, reconciliation, restoration, and so I just look forward to what God's going to do in that, and so praise the Lord. Last week we sung a song. We sung a song with Moses and Miriam, and y'all gave me a hard time because of my singing capability, and I understand that. But just so you know, that song I sung last week was on the radio, 98.3. We are officially on the radio now, praise the Lord. And so everybody in all of Palestine, Athens, Russ, you said, what are you thinking? They'll never come now. They'll never come. No, all honesty... We're being um, streamed on 98.3 on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the third and fourth Sunday of every single month right now. So praise the Lord for that. If you're listening and you're on the radio, you have a church family here that loves you. And I just wanted to remind them here that I I sung with all my heart. And the verses, as you remember, was that He's glorious in power. He's the conqueror of my enemy. He's my loving, merciful leader. He's the one who guides me. He's the one who purchased me. And then we had the chorus to that song that we talked about last week. And that chorus was that He is my God and I will praise Him. He's mine. God has given me him as, as our God. He's my God and I will praise him. And what we're going to find out as you open your Bibles to Exodus, go ahead to the end part of chapter 15. We're going to be starting there. And what we're going to find out here this morning is that it was easy for them to sing right after God miraculously escorted them across the bottom of the Red Sea. I mean, if you imagine that, we talked about it last week, getting across the Red Sea on dry ground, the water's going off to the sides, They were singing with all their hearts, God is glorious, he's merciful, he's guided us, he's protected us. And they got this loud song of praise in their heart. It was easy for them at that moment. But what we're going to find is as we keep walking through Exodus, three days later they have went three days without water. Now I don't know about y'all, but in this July Texas heat, three hours without water, will just about do you in. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Three days in the wilderness without water. And rather than singing, we're going to see something else out of the people. Y'all with me? All right, go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Chapter 15, verse 22, if you're there, say amen. amen. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which in Hebrew means bitter. And verse 24, the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Isn't it interesting how fast our singing can turn into murmuring? I mean, let's just be honest. I'm always amazed by this in the church, in my own personal life, how fast we can go from that moment of singing praises to God, rejoicing and on our spiritual high and just so grateful nothing in the world could go wrong because I got God. And the very next moment, it's this pity and this, oh, my goodness, what place have I found myself in? And, oh, I'm never going to work out. And, And the complaining and the murmuring happens. It's just the reality. And the reality is, is if you look long enough, you'll find something to complain about. Amen? Come on, y'all ain't with me. Amen? Amen? It's true. You look long enough, you're going to find anything that, that you can start to complain about. But God is so merciful, and I want you to look what he does here. So, chapter 15, verse 25, here's what he says So he, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, The waters were made sweet, and there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them, and he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I had brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And then they came to the limb, where they traveled, and and it says there were twelve wells of water there and seventy palm trees and they camped there by the waters. My goodness, y'all. I can just picture this in my mind. I mean, three days without water, you're almost at the point of delirious, right? You're walking. And could you imagine how excited they would have been when they found the water at Mara? They saw the water from a distance. I just imagine them running, right? Running to the water and it out with their hands, just drinking as fast as they can, putting their head in the water. I mean, you can imagine this moment and then quickly, immediately right after, just the sound of spewing out of their mouths. Why? Because it was bitter. Three days without water, they come to water and find out it's bitter. And so what do they do? They look at their leader, Moses. What's up with this? Now, I get we were led out of Egypt. I get that we were taken care of all those moments, but I'm thirsty, and why don't I have a drink? What, what are we going to do about this? What are we to drink, Moses? They, they start complaining, and it's not just a question of clarification. It's a question of complaint that says they were complaining. Where are we going to drink? And God, in his grace... Had a plan. Even in spite of their complaining. What does he do? He had a plan and it involved a piece of a tree. And they take this piece of a tree and Moses is to place it in the bitter water. And what happens to the water? It turns sweet, right? So from bitter to sweet water, just by placing the piece of the tree in there. And then God tells him, heed my voice, follow me, for I am the Lord who heals you the lord who heals you and then he blessed them tremendously it says right after this they they were to go to the place where an elam where there's 12 wells of water they could drink from and 70 palm trees where they could eat the dates i mean this is amazing i mean they went from having nothing to an abundance of anything they could imagine having just like that god did it in his mercy in spite of their complaining he had a plan and i got to thinking this week Years later, God was consistent with this plan. You know what God did years later after this moment? God continued to have a piece of a tree in mind. In fact, it was two pieces of a tree that he had in mind. And it would be two pieces that would be put together and placed on a hill in which his body would be spread out on. God had a tree in mind in which he would literally give his last breath on and die for our sins. It would be this tree that would allow God to to take the bitterness of suffering on the tree and turn it to the sweetness of forgiveness. Isn't that amazing, church? just got to thinking of how sweet God is and His faithfulness. And yeah, He took water and moved it from bitterness to sweet, but I'm more amazed that He took the suffering of sin, the curse of sin, and turned it into something so sweet called forgiveness. In spite of our complaining our wrongdoing, our rebellion, in spite of being a sinner, he came to seek and save the lost. He said, you will know me by my voice. Follow me, for I have come to seek and save the lost. And then you know what God does? Through that same tree, he blesses his people tremendously. He gives life, and life abundantly. How many of you are experiencing life abundantly right now? I hope you are. Amen. That's the joy God gives. I didn't ask if your life's perfect. No hand would go up. But is there abundant joy in your life? That's what God gives. He blesses tremendously. And I I think we struggle sometimes with this. Uh, God made what was bitter into something sweet. And I think one of the problems we have today is we have a lot of people living in the bitterness of their sin rather than living in the sweetness of forgiveness. I don't think we understand just the gravity and the depth and the gratitude that should come with the cross. I get we're Christians. I get that we're in the church. and I get that we have the cross up there. But sometimes I think we just don't quite get it. Because if we quite got it, that I think our lives would look completely different because we wouldn't be living in that place of, I don't know if God can forgive me. I don't know if I'm just going to sink in my misery here because I've already messed up my whole life. Every decision I've made has caused me to go in the wrong direction. And we live in that place rather than looking at the cross and seeing the power behind it that says, you are forgiven and I have a plan for you. Isn't it amazing that we have a God who desires to say, you know what, the bitterness of your sin can't touch the sweetness of my forgiveness. Mm. one of our brothers says I'm preaching better than your amen (laughs) who was that that said that I can't remember father I thank you for the sweetness of forgiveness I do Lord I do Lord you took what was quite bitter in my life and turned it to the sweetest thing I've ever tasted it's the gospel and there's power behind the gospel The power and the salvation. And so, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for turning bitter to sweet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. As we're walking through chapter 16 today... We see the Lord's provision. We see what I just read to you and how amazing God is and his faithfulness in that. And then what we're going to see right after that is a continual spiral of complaining and grumbling. And that's the first point I have for us is complaining and grumbling is a sure sign that you're near the wilderness of sin. Complaining and grumbling. When you find yourself in... Now, listen, none of us are exempt. Every one of us have had our fair share of complaining and grumbling. Amen? I mean, I don't want to act like we're we're painting a picture of living a life without complaints. I understand we fall into that, but listen to me, heed this. That when you find yourself in that place of complaining and grumbling, and it's continuing to go on, I want you to understand that you're very near to the wilderness of sin, and it'll make sense as we read this. And so go with me. Chapter 16, if you're there, say amen. And they journeyed from a limb. All that they had is all provided there. it says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai and the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. And then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel, they said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate the bread all the way to the full. And it goes on, for you have brought us out of the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Hmm. So here the Israelites had literally come into this place called the wilderness of sin. Had literally entered into this place. But what I want to focus on today is what I believe is a much deeper spirituality here. They're entering into a spiritual wilderness of sin. They had seen with their own eyes all that God has done. They've seen the plagues of the frogs, the water turned to, wa- or not wine at this point, water turned to blood. They've seen the, the gnats and the, the frogs and, and they saw the darkness come on the land. They saw the death of the firstborn. They saw the Red Sea split. They saw all this with their eyes and now, what do they do? They come to this place of complaining. Instead of saying, hey God... The one that just split the Red Sea? You think you can give us something to drink? Right? Instead of God, the one who literally brought frogs and infested the whole place and and then drowned the whole Egyptian army later in the Red Sea. You know that God, that the same God, God, you think you could give us something to eat? No. What do they do? They start complaining against moses and aaron and what we're going to read in a minute ultimately that complaints against god moses is going to say who are we you're not complaining against us you're complaining against god he's the one guiding this thing so what happens in the wilderness of sin i think what happens is our eyes narrow in on our suffering and our uncomfortableness rather than narrowing in on the sufficiency of god and his grace What's the wilderness of sin? I'll tell you. When your eyes are looking inward and you see your own misery. If that's not a wilderness, I don't know what is. But what does God do? He says, I, "He says, I have grace that's sufficient for you. In fact, we're going to see what he's going to continue to do. But the wilderness is going to end up keeping these people here that we're reading about, the Israelites, for 40 years. And eventually, they're They're going to be met by God's wrath with fiery serpents. They're going to come and they're going to bite them. They're going to die, literally. That's what happens because of their complaining spirit and this wilderness of sin that they found themselves in. They're going to meet God's wrath. And what I want to say today is I believe that today, the wilderness of sin, the spiritual reality I'm talking about, the wilderness of sin is the birthplace of every single person today. It's what we're born into. The wilderness of sin into a... a, I mean, we're looking at it right now. Our little girl has just turned... She's getting ready to turn 19 months old, I guess. She's 18 months now, right? I'll be glad when we get to the years. This month thing's hard to keep up with. 18 months, about to be 19 months. And I'll tell you what, if you want to look for a sinner, look right at her. (laughs) Y'all tell me you don't have grandkids. Come on now. It's true. You don't have to teach them all of these things. I mean, pure rebellion. And I'm just scared what it's going to look like when she's 16. You don't have to teach them. That's what we're born into. That's our flesh. That's the nature of our sin. And to the spiritual reality of this wilderness, of the, this place that, that we complain. Have you ever seen a kid complain? How about in the Walmart aisle? Ah! Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm telling you. It's true. It's so true. And in this place of the wilderness, there's complaining, there's grumbling, there's a spiral of hopelessness, wondering if you'll ever get out. There's discontentment with your very core. I think it's why Paul wrote so many times in his letters, especially Philippians, he said, Don't complain. Don't murmur. Don't get caught up in that place because it's near the wilderness of sin you'll find yourself there but what we see God in his mercy do the second point here today is the bread of heaven entered into the wilderness of sin the bread of heaven entered into the wilderness of sin chapter 16 verse 4 if you're there say amen Amen. then the Lord said to Moses behold I will rain bread from heaven for you I'm like at this point God are you sure (laughs) these people are still complaining against you God No, what does he do? He says, I'll rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily because of the Sabbath coming up. Verse 6, Then Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord for he hears your complaints against the Lord. Who are we that you complain against us? Also, Moses said, This shall be a scene when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and the morning bread to the full, that the Lord hears your complaints which you make against Him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. And now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke with the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. Again, isn't it amazing to you? In spite of their ungratitude attitude, in spite of their complaining, grumbling, and murmuring, God still is a God of provision. He still provides for them. Again, Moses says, you... God heard your complaints, they were against him, and they saw him in the cloud, and he speaks to him and tells him what he's going to do with this bread of heaven, and you can go on a little bit in that passage, and it's going to talk about them actually gathering it up, and some of them listened, some of them didn't listen, but I want to tie in with you in verse 31, so go to 31, so jump down with me. Chapter 16, verse 31, if you're there, I hear Bible turning, amen, there we go, chapter 16, verse 31 and the house of israel called its name manna the bread its manna and it was like white coriander seed and it tasted of it was like wafers made with honey y'all getting hungry yet Verse 32, then Moses said, this is the first thing, this is the thing which the Lord had commanded. Fill an omer with it and be kept for your generations that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness. And when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to keep for the generations. And the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years... (laughs) And until they came to an inhabited land, they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an apheth. Now that last verse helps me none. (laughs) Some amount of manna, okay? They didn't have quart jars back then. Some amount of manna take and give to the generations. Now it says manna. The Hebrew word for manna means what is it? If if you were to translate in English, it's literally saying we'll call this what is it? It's kind of like the what you call it bar, the candy bar. What do you call that thing? The what you'ma call it. That's what they did. They literally said, This is the, this is the what is it? And it tastes like wafers with honey. And I love what God told them to do with it. Did you catch it? Take it and keep it for the generations. Why? So that they can see what the Lord did for you while you were in the wilderness. So that they can see the faithfulness of your God. Make sure the next generation knows of me. Over and over again, if you go through the scriptures, you're going to find this theme of God saying, make sure the next generation knows. In fact, our family verse is Psalm 78:4, where it says, tell the coming generations of the glorious deeds of our Lord. Tell them. Tell them. Psalm 145 says, let each generation Tell its children of your mighty acts. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, when the statutes tell them when when you walk with them, when you lie down, when you rise up, tell them of the things I'm telling you. When they cross the Jordan eventually, you know what he does? He says, go and get 12 stones. Make a memorial. Why? Because the children will ask you, what meaneth these stones? He says, then you can tell them about the faithfulness of me over and over and over again that's why it's so devastating when you get to judges and you read this when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers another generation arose after them who did not know the lord nor the work which he had done for Israel can you imagine church over and over and over again God says tell the next generation let them know and then there comes a generation where they did not know Sometimes I wonder how close we are to that generation today. Hmm. God wanted them to know of his faithfulness, to know his covenant promise. And I love that our youth are up here after youth camp. I love it because you are the next generation you are and your church loves you and we're trying to pour into you guys everything that he has done for us and sometimes it comes across like we want you to have it right now and we get that but God has been faithful to us and we want you to know that faithfulness amen Amen. praise the Lord for the next generation church to know this covenant promise so they kept this bread to show the next generation in fact Hebrew says it was put in the ark of the covenant (laughs) with Aaron's staff and all the other things. It's neat how important this became. And why? Because if you fast forward several hundred generations later, Jesus is going to be talking to some men and women and children, referring to this very thing. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 6 with me. The Gospel of John chapter 6. And the third point and final point, The true bread of heaven has been given to deliver us from the true wilderness of sin. The true bread of heaven has been given to us to deliver us from the true wilderness of sin. So John chapter 6 verse 26. John chapter 6 verse 26. When you're there, say amen. Here's what it says. Jesus answered them and said, So let me give you context real quick while some of you are still getting there. Jesus literally just fed the thousands. He walks on water, and then they're all looking for him. He goes across the the Sea of Galilee, and they finally find him. And here's what he says Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. And therefore they said to him, What sign shall you perform that we may know and see and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, now listen to this, verse 32. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all of he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up to the last day. And again, this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus says that whole thing in the Old Testament with Moses and the manna, he says all that was the point toward me being the true bread from heaven, me being the the bread of life. And there's a couple things to understand, two things. First, those who believe in Christ will be satisfied in him. Those who believe, he says, you see, but you do not believe. But he says the ones that see and believe, they will never hunger and they will never thirst. Isn't that amazing, church? When you find yourself complaining and grumbling, it's ultimately because you're hungry or thirsty for something, and you've lost sight and realized that that now you're looking at your own means or something else or the circumstances rather than looking at the one that can truly suffice your need, and that's Jesus Christ and him alone. Those who believe in him will be satisfied in him. You don't have to search anywhere else, y'all. And the last thing, the bread of life is for you. It's for you. And Jesus said, he will not lose you. I won't lose you. I will by no means cast you out. The Father has given you to me. I am the bread of life and it's for you. You don't have to hunger anymore. Hmm. This is the will. Everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have everlasting life. So I wrap up today, where do you find yourself? Are you in the wilderness of sin, complaining about your hunger some way or another? Or are you at your Savior's feet, feasting on the bread of life? Are you in the wilderness of sin, complaining about your hunger? Are you at your Savior's feet, feasting on the bread of life? Because just as God sent bread from heaven that entered the wilderness of sin all those years ago, Jesus was the true bread of heaven that entered into the true wilderness of sin so that he could find us and save us. And church, it is time to feast. We have a spiritual famine in our land. When all of it has been given to us to feast until we are fully satisfied in him. And yet we have seen and do not believe in so many ways. So church, I'm calling you to go to your Savior's feet today and feast on the bread of life. Turn from yourself and say, I will never satisfy myself. I'll never, I'll always be hungry. I have to repent and turn from my ways. This is not working and it will never work. Jesus, you alone paid the price that I could not pay. And look at the cross and celebrate the fact that he took the bitterness of sin and turned it into the forgiveness of sin if you call on the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for you, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now, God, first off, for anyone living in the bitterness of sin, in the wilderness of sin that is so bitter and hopeless and they're spiraled out so many times, God, God, and somehow they found themselves back in the seat. Lord, I pray that right now they wouldn't get caught up in anything else about the formalities of religion and, and, and how everything works, but all they would see is the name Jesus, and they would run to you, Lord. They'd say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I want to I want to be content and satisfied in you. I don't want to hunger anymore. I don't want to thirst no more. Father, may I have feast at your feet. May salvation be brought in this place and we would rejoice today. But perhaps there's children of God in here that have cried out to the name of Jesus and they know they're saved and they're adopted but somehow complaining and grumbling has followed back into their life and they realize they're near this wilderness of sin and they've been delivered from it. They don't have to go back there. And so, Lord, would you continue to bring delivery? Would you continue to bring reconciliation and restoration, Lord? Lord, the truth is, is we could all run to the altar today and say, I need more of you, Lord. And you would be faithful to answer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. And we trust that you were blessed by an almighty God that loves you. Friendship loves you as well. And if you would like to talk to someone, please call the church at 903 549 2542 again that is 9035492542 god bless you